7: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: It's Wednesday, everybody. It's time for the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Clay, every time I announce a day on this show, I have a moment of panic. I got to tell you, I'm like, did I just get the day wrong? I, I've, I've gotten a day wrong. It's happened so, to me. Yes. Yeah. I, I've said it before, but today is Wednesday, March 22nd. We are fired up. Got a lot to talk to you about. And I'm starting off on the right foot by getting the day right. DeSantis... Throw in some jabs on Piers Morgan's show. Not at the, uh, at the Brit, of course, but at Donald Trump. A little bit of back and forth. I, I we'll talk about this. Surprised that it would be on Piers' show, but we can discuss how this all went down. Trump indictment watch continues. Clay has told me that he has dusted off. You know how all you lawyers have to have that, those racks of books? that look like they were printed in like the 18th century. So Clay, which I guess is where the laws are printed, that's what we all assume, right? The different statutes for tort law and whatever. Clay, Clay dusted off the legal books to look at the reality of the Trump indictment that would come out of New York. And um, spoiler alert, it is not a strong case. <laughs> we'll yeah, I'm going to talk it.
3: about it at the top of the next hour, Buck, but I'll give people a preview. I don't see any way... Based on my reading and research and analysis, that this case doesn't end up getting tossed eventually by the Supreme Court, even if it's brought. But we'll get into that in the second hour. Just a little bit of a preview there. Obviously, all the political
2: implications remain, and the what will this do to the campaign? And we'll we'll break all of that down for you. The interest rate and inflation situation. uh, We were fighting inflation, but we might take a little pause. Too much pain. We'll discuss that Russia, China, uh, the alliance that is forming right now that or some would say has already been formed. That should be very concerning. Meanwhile, the uh, Biden national security spokesman talking about how LGBTQ plus rights are a core part, a core part. That is a quote of our foreign policy. We'll get to that uh, later on as well. Plus more Fauci and this Fauci PBS special. I really want to know. I want to know if this was supposed to come out sooner. It seems like a pretty long turnaround time for something like this, right? Wouldn't you want this out? Have to see, and they're they're pretty amazing. So, all right, here's here's the big thing right now that is uh, at least in political circles getting a lot of attention, and and I think not yet candidate for office receive so much time, attention, analysis, and. From his opponent's criticism, as I have for Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, let's let's just start with the fact that everyone's assuming that he's he's running. And he went on Piers Morgan's. He went on Piers Morgan's show. And here's let's start with uh, Piers asking Ron about which Trump nickname he prefers.
7: Your favorite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron Ron DeSanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well I can't uh, I think even he went off Meatball Ron. I, but. I I can't uh I don't know how to spell
1: the I don't really know what it means, but I you know, I kinda like it's long, it's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me you can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner. Can I
2: just tell you, Clay, that
1: that, that you know
2: that Maggie Haberman apparently is has tweeted out something about over the New York Times. Yeah. Like he went to Yale. He knows how to spell desanctimonious. Like, they're going to pretend with, De, with DeSantis again, they have no sense of humor in the press as long as they can attack.
3: But what do you think about this? I love the end. You can call me whatever you want as long as you call me winner. Uh, that's a good line, right? Um, the, uh, desanctimonious, like all those things. Uh, I, I think it's better. I, if you're gonna go on attack like this. Uh, and I think the story here with why he's decided to talk to Piers Morgan, and we should talk about why he chose Piers Morgan to suddenly fire back. Um, and I think the one story here is if you look at the polling, Buck, I do think that Trump sort of taking constant punches at Ron DeSantis has elevated Trump and lowered DeSantis, right? This idea of DeSantis not saying anything and just trying to ignore it, I think they finally said, hey, He's hitting you punches, punches, punches. At some point, well, we need to return. Do you think that it,
2: it, it, you know, it's like the axes were crossed here, yeah. meaning that eventually, and at first, it made a lot of sense, I think, right? But then eventually it became, look, this guy's saying crazy stuff. You got to go after him.
3: Yeah. And look, I I, I don't d- disabuse that idea uh, as being a bad one. If I were DeSantis, I still say the best way to respond is is by doing the Brian Kemp angle. Now, to be fair, Brian Kemp wasn't running directly against Trump, and Brian Kemp, of course, is the governor of Georgia who just kept saying, I don't have a problem with him, he has a problem with me. I think that's a good angle, a good lane for DeSantis. I would also have fun with the Trump nickname thing because, to me, if you try to respond in kind or treat it seriously, then you end up rolling around in the mud. I think saying something like, Nicknames are for losers. Uh, I've never lost an election in my life. Can Donald Trump say the same thing? You can call me a winner. I'm undefeated. I'm a heavyweight champion. Trump just got knocked out by Joe Biden, who can barely climb the stairs. To me, that is a way to pivot and really go after him. So on this show, for people out there, and I want to make it clear what we're doing. Buck and I kind of see ourselves as coaches in this respect because... I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm all in on Trump or I'm all in on DeSantis. I look at it in the same way I would an athletic contest. And, you know, after the Super Bowl, you come back and you say, boy, I don't know about that decision to run on third and one. I think maybe it would have been better to go play action there. You analyze the decision making. And to me, DeSantis saying, I'm an undisputed champ. I just won the biggest election in the state of Florida. Donald Trump just got knocked out by Joe Biden, who's the worst president that's ever lived. And somehow we think that Trump is going to get up off the canvas and knock Biden back out? I don't think so. I think Biden will beat him again. That, to me, is the way to go after Trump in a more sort of uh, effective manner. Does that make sense to you? Like Calling Trump a loser really gets to him, and he lost in 2020 to Joe Biden, who didn't even leave his basement. This is
2: going to be, we've all seen this, I think. Everyone listening to this knows this is going to be, this was going to be re- Litigated this wound, so to speak, was going to be reopened over 2020 because any opponent of Trump's is going to say, doesn't matter whether you want to complain about the refs. Doesn't matter if you say that they cheated and it's unfair. You lost. That is where Ron DeSantis is going with this. Now, the Trump team is going to say it was super close. They changed the rules. It was COVID. They cheated. You know, I mean, they have a response for it. But this is going to become central just because the Trump brand was the guy who came, and I don't mean the, not the like on the hotels brand, but the political brand yeah. was a guy who came out of nowhere, beat everybody, and pulled off the greatest political upset of our lifetime, bar none, right? That, and, and a guy who all he did was win, win, win. That's where he was. You know, I know some of the pop culture, thank you. And, uh, you know, he, he came out and the second time, unfortunately, it didn't go his way. So that's going to be central to it. Um, But then there's also the management of the government itself issue, as in, look, there's one. Is there anybody who is as good at driving libs insane and and making I mean, CNN basically as an institution self-immolated over Donald Trump and destroyed the institution yep. of CNN other places as well because he knows how to get them and how to drive them nuts more than anybody else. But how was the actual governance? Now, people are going to say there were some very good things, but they're also going to say there are some things that didn't get done. And DeSantis brings up those differences in this Piers Morgan interview. I want to let you hear it from the governor himself. Play 25.
1: Well, I mean, I think there's a few things. I mean, obviously, you know, the the approach to COVID was different. I mean, you know, I would have fired somebody like Fauci. I think that he got way too big for his britches, and I think he did a lot of damage. I also think just in terms of my approach to leadership, you know, I get personnel in the government have the agenda of the people and share our agenda. If You bring your own agenda in, you're gone. We're just not going to have that. So the way we run the government, I think, is no daily drama, focus on the big picture, and put points on the board. And I think that that's something that's very important.
2: I mean, the governor is effectively saying his approach to governance, he's not even really talking about being president. It's kind of funny, right? I mean, even though we know he is through the lens of this discussion, is... Maybe it's going to be a little more boring day to day, but things get done. Things get done versus big promises and a lot of bluster. And then the personnel, this is, I will say, Clay, even the most dedicated, I mean, I have people that I'm, I'm texting with every day still who are dear friends of mine. Some of whom I actually grew up with who are as hardcore Trumpers as you could possibly find anywhere. They're just like nobody else can overcome the system. Nobody else is going to be able to punch through. You know, it's Trump or it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, these are some of the people that I, I know best and talk to frequently. Even they say on the personnel issues, they're like, yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. There were some really bad personnel choices. Now, they'll say it's not his fault. He wasn't a politician or whatever. But I don't know how that plays to the entire GOP electorate. I think the 20 to 30 percent of people who are all in on Trump, you know, all the way, for them, there's the explanation. For a lot of other people, it's Omarosa and Scaramucci. We're senior White House employees. Yeah. Does anyone even remember Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State? I mean, that guy, you know, flamed out in a second. So there was there was a lot of problems on the personnel side. That this these look, people can take whatever side of this to their wall. We're just saying these are the the back and forths on it. And also on the uh on the porn uh payoff to Stormy Daniels, porn star issue, he dealt with this
7: one and kind of just tell talked about it, but danced around it. Play twenty six. But you also repeated twice you didn't have any knowledge of harsh money being paid to porn stars. Was I right to feel that there was a slightly censorious tone to that, that that kind of thing is just not anything
1: you would ever get involved with? Well, I think there's a lot of speculation about what the underlying conduct is. That is purported to be it. And, you know, the reality is that's just outside my wheelhouse. I mean, that's just not something that I can speak to. So, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come to where you end up seeing this going forward.
3: Yeah, this reminds me, uh, Buck, do you remember when Al Gore was trying to run to replace Bill Clinton and at the Democratic National Convention that year when he got introduced, Tipper Gore came out and they had like a super makeout uh, on the stage? Do you remember that? Like it was kind of awkward, but as many things Al Gore did because he was kind of stilted and wooden in his persona as well. But the message that he was trying to send with that was... I'm not going to sleep with any interns. I like my wife. Now, he ended up getting divorced from his wife. So who knows what? Classic <laughs> Al Gore, huge <laughs> phony, Classic Look at Al that. What a shock. But at least in 2000, he had been married to Tipper Gore for, you know, a couple 25 years, whatever it was. And when they came out on stage, it was like, Hey, I'm not going to get involved like this. And frankly, George W. Bush, I think leaned into this in a big way because a lot of times you're looking for someone different. Right. Um, and, and what I mean by that is George W. Bush, I think one of the reasons he won was people didn't necessarily dislike all of the decisions that Bill Clinton made as a president. He actually ran fairly centrist, but they were just kind of tired of all the scandals. Right. The tawdriness of the Clinton era, the fact that you could have a intern sex scandal in the Oval Office, and people pivoted and went Bush. And I think when they went to Trump from Obama, there was a big pivot there. And I wonder in Desantis's head, when he's using the porn star phrase, look, hes I, I don't know anything about Ron DeSantis's personal life, but I can say he seems to have a good marriage, and he certainly has three young kids. It is very different than Trump, who is on his third wife and certainly has had all sorts of personal peccadilloes that have been in the public. So this feels a little bit like to me, the pivot from George Bush after Clinton, the pivot, even Al Gore tried to follow of DeSantis saying, Hey, I'm not an expert in sex with porn stars, but I can figure out how to get CRT out of your schools. Right. That to me feels like that, the argument that he's trying to make, but I don't think he gets there. Right. And I, and I, when we come back, Buck, I think the question of why Piers Morgan like, why is yeah. he the guy that that, 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 this is the avenue the, through which these attacks come?
2: A, a rabidly anti-Second Amendment, Covidian, Fauciite worshipping, left of center guy. Yes, he believes in free speech. That's nice. There's a lot of other things that I think, ask Pierce Morgan about climate change. As Pierce yeah. Morgan about the Second Amendment, see what he has to say. Um, look, Clay, can we, can we also throw lines open? If, if anyone yeah. has, if anyone out there, we want, Look, I think there's a lot of people, I mentioned this, Clay, when you were out, there are a lot of people who are looking to see where this fight goes right now in the GOP, and it's a fight that we all knew was coming, and it's one we have to have. So for the people who are like, oh, I want to see how it play out, fine. But if you're totally all in already on one side or the other and have a really strong opinion on some of these attacks, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-DeSantis, anti-DeSantis, whatever it may be, we want this to be the forum, the town square, the uh you know, the beer hall, the masonic lodge or uh, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Where people can voice those things and we can all talk about it.
3: No doubt. And we'll take some of your calls throughout this hour and also we'll talk about why Piers Morgan continue to break down DeSantis finally returning fire on Trump in the meantime. Asset managers, names you know, they're using your retirement funds to further their ESG agenda. Last year, state treasurers across the nation sent a message to stop playing politics with our pensions by divesting $5 billion from these companies, 25 states now suing to block ESG nonsense from endangering your retirement. Republicans on Capitol Hill recently passed a bill blocking the Biden administration from allowing huge asset managers from using your hard-earned money to further their ESG agenda. But while conservatives in the House and the Senate have your back, President Biden just used his veto pen to kill the bill. Senator Joe Manchin, he's a Democrat. He voted to block ESG investing. He blasted Biden's veto as, quote, infuriating, said it's putting a radical and progressive agenda ahead of the country's needs. Firms have a fiduciary duty to maximize returns. They should be held to account for playing politics with our pensions and doing it without our consent. To learn how Consumers Research is protecting all of us from these woke investment firms, go to consumersresearch.org. That's consumersresearch.org, paid for, by
7: Consumers Research. Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start
8: listening.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
5: That we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? It look like my
4: baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome back in. We're going to take some of your calls moving through the hour, but Buck, uh, we talked about this in the open. Why Piers Morgan? Now, on the one hand, and this is, we're talking about DeSantis returning fire on uh, Trump in an interview, it uh, was published in the New York Post. There is a strong Piers Morgan connection through the Rupert Murdoch universe, right? Piers is on a uh, rights at News Corp with uh, with New York Post. He's on Fox News regularly. I believe there's a new channel that has been launched in Britain. Uh, that is Rupert Murdoch-owned, that has a Piers Morgan show on. Certainly, Piers Morgan has had a big platform in media historically. But also, I wonder whether they picked it. Do you remember the angry interview that Trump gave to Piers Morgan that they like cut? And it didn't seem like it was really fair to Trump the way that they cut it to make it look like he stormed out of the interview. I wonder if this was a thumb in the eye also at Trump just based on picking Piers Morgan. Could be. Does that make sense to you? Like, I just find it intriguing. Like, why is Piers Morgan the choice to deliver the first attack against Trump? Uh, I, my, how did they my make first, that choice? My first
2: instinct is they just got this one. They kind of flew this one over and they, they threw it over the wall and it and it worked. I don't know. It Because, it, honestly, it just makes no sense to me. I, I can't even. So I'll believe whatever theory knocks. I'm like, that's that's where you go for the first round? I mean, you know. What about all the Fox primetime here? Some of the other big shows on premiere? I don't know. It just struck me as a strange place to make the firm. Get a load of this sale price, though. When you use our names as the promo code, Clay and Buck, you'll get all season slippers for just $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Your orders are going to be limited to 10 pairs at checkout, so everyone interested can get this great deal. Get them for a bunch of family members. Get those Christmas gifts now. My slippers have that exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. Patented layers make these slippers ultra-comfortable and extremely durable. These are so comfortable, and at such a great price point, you have to indulge yourself. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, grab these all-season slippers for $25. MyPillow.com, go promo code ClayAndBuck, or call 800-792-3269. Lines are lit. I had a feeling when you have... The beginning of the match, the big, the big uh, fight that we've all seen coming in politics. It's a Super here. Bowl, man. It's because this also feels like it, more than a lot of other primaries. It'll it'll determine. Uh, it feels like it. You know, you know when I'm going to do the sports thing. There's a semifinal that almost feels bigger than the final because of the yes. combatants involved. For a lot of people, I think this is going to feel a little bit like that. At least for now. Obviously, a general election. There's even more. higher stakes and even more implications of it. Lines lit up all across the place. People fired up on this topic. Let's get to some of you. If you want to call in on how you think this is playing out so far, Trump v. DeSantis, but we want people who feel... Because Clay and I said, we're sitting here, we're watching the primary play out. We want to see and talk about what's being said and, and to assess and to try to bring all of you the best information, the latest salvos, the latest back and forth between them. Some of you are super in on one side already. Some of you are very much... Down, uh, you know down on the other side and uh, put your names down on the other side so call us let us know and we, we want to air out all these opinions and thoughts it's gonna be it's gonna be a long uh, what is it but we've got about a 12 month long primary here right it's mean, something something along those lines we will
3: we will uh, get into I, I was just looking Buck I was reading this morning the primary basically will be decided around this time next year. Yep. So we are about a year out. Almost every, if you look, I think I was reading Carl Rove's analysis of when the primary dates are. Effectively, this date ish um, by uh, by next year, there will be a nominee, right? Yeah. And, and and in the meantime, it's a battle of epic proportions.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, this is gonna. It's by the way, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Everybody, so it's going to take a while to figure out where this is all going. Um, Also, if you want to send us an email, ClayandBuck.com, please become a VIP, and you can send us emails. It goes directly to the staff. We'll read some of those on air, too. All right, uh, we have Jordan in Thomasville, North Carolina. What's going on, Jordan?
4: What's up, guys? Clay, glad to have you back. Buck did
6: an amazing job while you were gone. Hey, look, the good thing
3: about having two people who can host a show solo is for all of you out there, you basically get one of us every day all year long, and that's rare, I think, anywhere. Plenty of clay and buck to go around. There
2: <laughs> yeah, you go. no doubt. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. So what you, what's on your mind? Talk to us.
8: Man, the
7: attacks on DeSantis from Trump don't even make sense. Like, I can't wait
2: until they get on a stage and DeSantis can look at him and be like, really? You think I'm not doing a good job in Florida? That's funny because you live here. Or... You want to try and label me as a groomer? Really, that's funny because I'm definitely the one that dates people 30 to 40
7: years younger than me. Like, it just doesn't even make any sense.
2: No, no, can I just also point out about the first thing? Um, not only does Trump, Trump's, you know, adult children
3: all live in Florida, too. Yes. They've all moved to Florida. So it's and, and interesting, isn't ju- it? Yeah, and I would just say, like, Trump attacking DeSantis for sexual peccadilloes it's crazy to me. Look, I don't care. If you told me that the next president, and some of you may be upset by this, but if you told me the next president of the United States had an absolute harem uh, of side chicks, but he was going to be an incredible president of the United States, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. If you told me that if Joe Biden had 10 mistresses, he would be competent as a president, I would help pay the mistresses' salaries, all right? I just don't care that much personally about the personal peccadilloes of the president. I want somebody who can do the job well. But for Trump, who's on his third wife and has certainly had a long litany of, uh, uh, of women in his life... To be like, oh, DeSantis is a groomer. That that seems I, I can't even imagine that landing in any kind of effective way, right? I mean it's just yeah. such a strange now if DeSantis yeah. wanted to go after Trump, I would I would say to DeSantis in the same way, I don't really care about the personal politics of your your private life. But it would be seem to be way more effective DeSantis to Trump than Trump to DeSantis. Does that make sense to you, Buck? Like it's just a weird angle to me for Trump to take. It's it's strange. Yeah. Um, and I think
2: also you'll have to we'll all have to watch and see. There are attacks on politicians that you disagree with, and then there are the ones where you kind of smirk because it's just an insult to your intelligence, right? Yeah. There's there's I don't think it's true that you that the economy was good or bad under so and so. You can always argue that position. But there is a level at which it's, really? You're, you're gonna say that? You know, it, it would be like saying, uh, anyway, would be like saying Clay Travis doesn't love SEC football enough. Like, there are some limits to what somebody can, that's, that's
3: a great you know? analogy. If some, if I were running for political office and somebody was like, you know what, Clay, Clay Travis hates, hates Southern football. I'd be like, that's yeah. the best possible attack you could have on me because everybody would just kind of raise their eyebrows very and be like, weird. what in the world?
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's insulting and strange. Nancy in Spring Hill, Florida. Ah, we got Team Trump here. Nancy, what's going on?
8: Hi. Uh, I live in Florida. I voted for Ron DeSantis. I love Ron DeSantis. I want him to stay our governor. Trump is Trump. We all know that. We all know what he says. But I look at what he did And I think he is the only one who can lead this country out of the mess it's in because he can get right down in the mud with the dirty Democrats. I don't think Ron is up to it yet. He will be maybe in another eight years.
3: I think it's a great look that to me, the best angle for Trump is, you know what I'll do. They have come at me with everything they have, and I'm still here. And Trump to me, and he's not going to do it. But Trump could say, hey, let me for four years. DeSantis is a young guy. You can get him for eight. I'd be ecstatic if we had 12 straight years of Republican presidents. But I'm the best guy for the job right now. I
2: I think one way that Trump could maneuver this well would be to say that obviously I'm the choice this time around. But I will pass the baton to Ron for eight after my four. Yeah. You know, and I I will teach him. I was going to say groom him. That's not the right. I will. I will teach him to be my successor. Um, and, and I will, I will, uh, make sure that he's ready to go. That to me, that's where people start to, you know, people who are open to their mind moving one way or the other. I think that's the kind of pitch that could land with them. Russ in Frankfurt, Kentucky. Russ, what do you got for us?
7: Hey guys, long time caller, first time listener. I want to tell you something. <laughs> I think humor ought to be used. Anytime there's a personal attack, DeFano shouldn't even. Don't even address it. He could say like the old Saturday night live skit Oh yeah, President Trumpster, the Trump the trumpinator I mean just bypass any of the personal attacks, but only debate the issues.
3: It's it's an interesting point, uh, and I thanks for the call. Um which i believe he said uh you know uh long time caller first time listener i don't know if that was a backwards intentional joke that he was making or <laughs> or well, it's an interesting phrase uh or uh, or if that was unintentional but that was also fun to me where trump has always excelled is he's far funnier than anybody in the media gives him credit for yes he has really got the ability to deliver something that is a joke that his followers all understand as a joke and all the stenographers at the New York Times write down as if it's the literal truth. And they don't really seem to understand the language that he's speaking. Satire, humor, uh, ridicule. He's very skilled at the, at the way he deploys language in that way. And his audience understands it. Um, a lot of the people who cover him do not. I don't yeah. know if DeSantis has that same sort of humorous skill. Not only does Trump have tremendous personal
2: charisma... So Clay spent a lot of time talking to him, hanging out with him. I've spent a lot of time talking to him, hanging out with him, you know, formal settings, informal settings. Um, his charisma scales in person as well, meaning, you know, you, you're sitting there with Trump and you feel really connected to him. But also in a live event, whether it's 100 people or 20,000 people, there is this there is this like
3: it's almost a it's, it's, it's a great point. Buck, some people can do small arenas. Some people can do stadiums. Some people can only do a comedy club stage, right? And you have to be able to scale for that audience, right? Yeah. Taylor Swift right now, whether you love or hate has got the hottest concert, and it's all stadium show, right? Uh, and, you know, it's such a good point. Trump scales. Yep. He does well in those small settings. You've been in those rooms where there's 15 or 20 people he can connect, and then he can connect in a 15 or 20,000-seat arena. And And the truth stadium. is...
2: You know, to to be just uh, very objective and steely eyed about this, Um, you know, DeSantis has shown the great results at the state level. Obviously, has this very uh, you know impeccable academic and professional pedigree. Guy hasn't been doing twenty thousand person stadiums. Now, maybe he doesn't have to, and maybe he'll be great at it. But that's a part of this primer you just haven't seen yet. No one can tell me is DeSantis great or not great at doing a 20,000-person event, let's say, just just by way of putting this out there, because we haven't done it yet. Kind of like long-term trials on some of the vaccines. Like, you can't tell me it's great because you haven't done it yet, right? So
3: that's where yeah. I think this... Trump, to me, Buck, connects as a normal person so much better than anybody could have anticipated. And I think when Trump is at his best, when he was in East Palestine, Ohio, and he went into McDonald's, and met everybody at the McDonald's. Like He kills it on that scene. I think down in uh, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, he went to an ice cream shop, and he went in the ice cream shop, and people lost their minds. Um, that's where I think yeah. Trump does his best. Colleen, by the way, in St. Petersburg. Should we take her now or go to break? Let's go to break. Come back to Colleen in St. Petersburg, just because
2: uh, we gotta we got to do a little bit of a time crunch. Colleen, stay with us. Also, we'll, we'll we'll open up some space here on the lines. Uh, 800-282-2882. All right, so my fellow gun owners out there, I'm going shooting again this weekend, by the way. Uh had a great time with the brothers, going out this weekend, friend of mine, former SEAL, going to make sure. I saw all your comments making sure that I'm uh, only buying American optics and only, well, guess what? My skill set is going to be getting better and better each time I go out there because of the Mantis X. Mantis X system, this is what I've got at home. It's a dry fire practice system. And it's no ammo, all electronic, and it helps you improve your shooting accuracy. I mean, this is mechanics. This is skill set. This is muscle memory. And Mantis X adds technology so that you can actually be getting better every time and know how you're getting better. Mantis X gives you data-driven input on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. Nearly everyone, I'm talking about 94% of shooters, and I'm one of them, improves their skills and aim in just the first 20 minutes of using this training tool. And the improvements only get better with time. So if you want to make sure that not only are you exercising your Second Amendment rights, but your skill sh- uh, skill set is staying sharp, you got to get a Mantis X system now. Start improving your shooting accuracy. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com.
7: The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content. Surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
0: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito,
0: the temper of Sonny.
3: Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. We are taking your calls on the Republican Super Bowl. Maybe there's going to be an upstart that comes out of nowhere. I don't think there is, but maybe there will be. Otherwise, it is Trump. It is DeSantis. And DeSantis has returned fire in an interview with Piers Morgan yesterday. Uh, At at least it went public yesterday. I think it was a Monday afternoon, evening interview. Um, And what is the reaction tons of you out there want to jump in and react and we'll go first I teased her uh, right before we went to break uh, Colleen in St. Petersburg what do you think how would you assess the early round battle here between Trump and DeSantis
8: well initially I was really happy that DeSantis was taking the high road um, but I guess initially he's just gonna have to get into it with Trump Um the comment I wanted to make was that Trump always used to say, the Democrats, you know, the one thing they know how to do is just to stick together. They protect their own. And I mean, right out of the shoe, Trump was throwing DeSantis under the bus before we even had our election here in Florida. I mean, that really ter- soured me on Trump. Uh, I've been a huge Trump fan. Uh, a lot of my friends, Republican voters, they agree with me that Trump has just gone too far. I mean, I understand it's the competition here, um, but I just don't think Trump's electable in that he's just been so demonized by the media. And then, you know, throwing our best Republican candidate under the bus, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me.
2: I think it's it's also worth knowing. Thank you, by the way. Uh, We really appreciate the the call and the analysis. Um, Clay, you know, I think that there is there is a a cult of anti-trumpism that some people maybe forget. Now, if you're all in on Trump, you say, well, that's why we need someone like Trump, right? So this it becomes it becomes a decision tree with many different many different branches here. But there's a cult of anti-trumpism that if he is the nominee, will go right back into overdrive. I mean, you will see CNN will be the anti-trump network, The New York Times, you know, democracy dies in darkness, The Washington post. That all just comes right back. And now only does it come right back because they hate Trump in a way that I think is is both deeply irrational and, and emotionally unstable. But it was a huge business success for them. Yeah. Remember, the places that have CNN's ratings have cratered because Joe Biden became president. And why do they even exist? Right. They're not a they're not an honest news organization. So why would you watch them now? Joe Biden's president. If you're a Democrat, that's what you were getting before. But that whole apparatus comes right back into play, and it's 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 formidable because it's really driven by... I, what I'm really trying to say here is there are so many libs for whom Donald Trump, all the propaganda has seeped in, and they hate him. I mean, they would rather have Joseph Stalin resurrected and as president than Donald Trump. They're out of their minds.
3: Yeah. Now, to be fair, I think that same apparatus, if DeSantis was the nominee would immediately try to argue DeSantis is even worse than Trump, right? True, but
2: I don't think it has the same resonance. I don't think as many people,
3: right? I think that's the big question that you're asking, Buck, which is, does Trump motivate more Republicans to vote or more Democrats to vote? Because that's that's a really interesting question, right? Joe Biden doesn't motivate anybody, right? People didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted against Trump. How many people out there would show up to vote against Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Tim Scott versus how many people would show up to vote for those guys? Because I don't think there's any doubt that Trump turned out an amazing amount of people who otherwise would sit out the election. What I've never really seen a great analysis of, Buck, is... How many people does Trump motivate in a positive way versus how many people does Trump motivate in a negative way?
2: Yeah, I'm just going to, you know, the, the opponents of Trump in this primary would say, look at the results in 2020 and look at the results in 2022. That is yeah. going to be a central part of this fight. As we said, it is the next year, everybody, so we're not trying to settle it today, but this is not just the future of the Republican Party. This is the future of the country we're talking about. This stuff really is going to... Massively matter um, and and how this all shakes out, and I do think that interestingly enough, you're going to see in the primary a relitigation of 2020 and 2022, and probably and and, and then if Trump wins, it'll be the general as well because Joe Biden will get him on stage and he would say who won in 2020, and yeah. you know it just you can just see
3: it all right now. So it, there's a lot that comes into play. To me, the most effective attack on Trump is. You lost to Joe Biden, who is the most incompetent and basically unable to even walk stiff that the Democrats have ever put forward. three time presidential primary loser before yes, a joke before that is that now Trump's response is I didn't actually lose. Uh, The election was rigged. There's all these different lies. But I think that plays into the worst of Trump, right? Because most people are looking for who's going to win in 24. And as we finish this hour. I'm going to defend Trump in a big way when we come back at the top of the next hour. Because whether you're a Trump person or a DeSantis person, these potential charges that Alvin Bragg in New York City is going to potentially bring, I put my legal hat on, I dove into him, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think is going to happen. So Buck next.